0: All right. The step detective Stabler gets word that a fourteen-year-old girl was admitted to a hospital after she hit, after she was raped, but didn't report it to the police. Though so now Stable's is trying to persuade the case and she wants to come forward, but it turns out that she belonged to some kind of a sex club for teens. This is Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast. You are now listening to Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast where we recap and break down past episodes of Law and Order SVU. You can hear us out on Spotify, Anchor FM, WordPress, or or any other streaming service. And now, here's your host, Brian Rose. Hello, hello everybody Welcome to Twisted, the Law & Order SVU podcast Where I recap episodes or reruns of Low & Order SVU So, how my my SVNs doing so far, you know what I'm saying though? I know we haven't talked for like a whole week So I've been running around busy and all that stuff like that I never got the chance to watch the latest Law and Order episodes, including the original SVU or um, Organized Crime. But however, I did caught the one where I was watching that with SVU, where Garland had returned, and and they solved it's like it was they solved like a cold case or something like that. Though, You know what I'm saying, it's like a some twenty year old um, case or something like that, saying that. That a girl went missing, and then all of a sudden, 20 years later, she's been found dead, though. But I'm gonna go get into that in a minute. So, have you heard? Um, I, let me get some news. I mean, have you heard that Dave Chappelle got attacked on stage last week? Yeah, it, it happened at the Hollywood Bowl. And you know, Dave Chappelle was doing some stand up in front of the audience, and all of a sudden, this nigga coming out of nowhere jumps on stage and tackles Dave Chappelle during his performance. And before this dude ran backstage, yo, is that guy's like that guy's a crackhead, man. Yo, I mean, you know, security and other people caught up with him, and then they was holding him down and stuff like that after Chappelle got Chappelle got attacked. And then Chris Rock came up there; he, he was watching. Chris Rock came up there, Chappelle, and he was telling a story like, "What did I just miss?" Uh, and he tells his story about. <laughs> And Chris, Chris Rock said something funny about that Because that happened to him at the Oscars With Will Smith and stuff like that And then Chris Rock came up, Chris Rock came up on stage During Chappelle's performance And it was, was like, was that Will Smith? Well uh, Yeah, it turns out that this 23 year old crack kid Something like that, he got some mental illness so, I mean, I don't know what he was, he was caught, arrested He had some kind of a weapon on him I mean what what was it, what was his motive to go after Dave Chappelle in the first place? Hmm? Who knows? Oh my goodness, and then Dave Chappelle, man. Imagine if I was Dave Chappelle, when I see someone trying to jump on stage, trying to jump me, I'ma whip out my pepper spray and, and then send that crackhead back to the to the to the, to the crowd. Damn. Uh, that's what I wanna do about that though. So and I was talking about that on, on my YouTube live stream. You know, I mean, I'm going to get to that in a minute. So, um, and uh, another thing I want to talk about is, um, have you ever heard about this girl named Tila Tequila? Yeah, that little nut job. I mean, this bipolar nut job. I mean, she was going, she was trying to persecute persecute me something. Because I remember last year she put up on YouTube saying that, that all oh, black females are cursed, and that's why they are they, they got no hair, and they got their hairlines receding, and all that stuff. Though I mean, but um, at first I agree with Teala Tequila with what she's saying, but you know I tried to be friends with her, and then I found out that this this girl is like a bipolar, mentally ill whore. Excuse my language. I mean, I remember Tila Tequila. I'm gonna, I put. And then next thing you know is that um, she got this new can't channel up here, and there's a picture of her kissing this Christ. But all I know is that that's not really Christ though. Christ though, you know, Christ is a dark skinned man. So I mean, I'm not telling you that's. And she going around saying she's a bride of Christ. I mean, get the hell out of here. I mean, with that though, I mean, Tila Tequila is is a mentally ill bipolar crazy woman, alright, and um however, though, I used to communicate with Tequila, but not anymore, because I found out that she, her mind's all messed up, though, and right now, she got this new channel, and she posted an old video of me saying that I made a statement that black, that black women are cursed and they have no hair, let me tell you something, she made that sta- statement, not me. And so now I know that I, but, um, wouldn't you know what I did though? I blasted on her on my live stream on YouTube. I called her a lying, manipulative, bipolar, mentally ill whore. I mean, she was a pinned up gal. She was on social media. She was on a reality show, did some porn. And guess what? She's a racist as hell. I mean, yo. And... And then she supported Donald Trump. I mean, let me tell you something. And this woman is, like, got a mental illness. You know what I'm saying? And she's crazy. I mean, talking all that nonsense, saying that she, she wants to get, she believes, she said she believes in God. And then she going out doing dumb stuff, like trying to baptize children. I mean, you they're strangers. You don't even know the children. Hey, she going around she ashamed she's a bride of Christ. I mean, get the hell out of here. There's no in the Bible, there's no such thing as a bride of Christ. And I'm telling you, I'm I'm gonna tell you something. She is mentally a bi she's nothing but a lying, manipulative, bipolar racist whore. Trying to get all the attention. Right now she's gonna come up with some other crazy stuff on her new channel. I mean, get the hell out of here. I mean, she's a scumbag. I mean and by the way, I spoke to her on my live stream, and it's like, um, and, and yeah, so it's like, um, if you could find me, I mean, I have a YouTube channel. Actually, I have two YouTube channels. So, and one's entertainment and the other educational. So, my YouTube channel is, um, Mr. Big Rose, Ale, Ale, Big, Big, Mr. Big Rose 11. So, that's my YouTube channel. So, uh, I'll be doing live streams now, I mean, and sometimes I'll be doing these, I make up these Law & Order intros, you know, the homemade Law & Order intros. So you should you should check that out, though. So anyway, let's get into some Law, law & Order news. All right. Um, y'all just found out about the news that um, Warren Late, um, the the producer and showrunner is is stepping down as a producer slash showrunner on uh, Law & Order SBU ahead of his 24th season. Now, I mean, I was unexpected and stuff like that when I found out about it. I mean, he just posted it on Twitter like last Tuesday after he wrapped up the current season. And in the season finale is in about a couple of weeks. So he said that um, shooting the past couple of years during the pandemic is arduous or something like that and or hectic or what you might call it so he decides to take a break I mean yo I mean I can't believe it that he is stepping down again I mean um the Warren late Warren late though he joined as a producer slash showrunner at, on season 13 after Christopher Maloney left so he was a showrunner for like five years and left in 2016. Came back three years later at the start of the 21st season, the record breaking 21st season. And um, I know he's responsible for doing like a two, bringing Marissa Hargate front, uh, front and center. You know, Marissa Hargate, you know, she's the daughter of Mickey Hargate, and she's also the daughter of uh, the late Jane Mansfield, right? So. And um, it turns out that I mean he 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 took a risk trying to get the show back on track and all the stuff to you know try to make Benson as the number one girl and bring some crazy stories. So, I mean he was responsible for the more bars and stuff like that. But right now, who's going to be the next showrunner for us? Um, the upcoming 24 season of SVU. Who knows though. But, I mean, I can't believe, I couldn't believe that he stepped down again, you know? And another, although in all the news, though, I mean, I was gonna, like I said earlier, though, that, um you know, Garland is back in the episode, and, and he's here to solve a 20-year-old case about a missing girl. Turns out she's been found dead. So, yo. No. And then turns out that, the, um, you know, the girl's grand, grandfather did it, well, not, actually his biological grandfather but i am telling you he's a sick he's a sick pedophile And you know he got her pregnant and then killed her during the argument so he 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 is he's a sick he's a sick pedophile like i said you know what i'm saying so and i always saw then yesterday i saw the one with the um, law and order on the i was watching on the man and it turns out that um it was, no, no, no. I think it was like last week, though. I mean, I was watching law, the the original Law and Order on Demand and it was a case based on the kid bringing a gun to school and her, his parents encouraged it, though. I mean, that was ripped from the headlines and all that stuff, though. So, that was, that was, that was, that was well, that was crazy, though. I don't know if they're going to renew Law and Order for an, a 22nd 20 sec, 20 season, but we'll find out about that, though. Now, okay now that's about it now let's get to today's episode all right 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 this is um this is law and order SBU, season three episode 16 popular and it aired on nbc on march 1st 2002 and um you know what happened was that the SVU got preempted for a few weeks because of the, the winter games and stuff like that. I mean, they had the, the they had like the winter games this year and that year in 2002. So let me tell you about the Olympics, right? So what um, we well, you know, both the winter games and the summer games were on the on the same year, like every four four years, like like in, like it was back in 92. Then, uh, 90s, then, uh, till now, 1992, they split the winter games and summer games. And, um, they, it is like they have the they have the Olympics two years apart because back then, I mean, um, it was like, um, they, the Olympics would be on every four years. I mean, you had like the winter games and the summer games on the same year. And that changed till about like 1992, I believe, when they, um, decided to, um, split the winter games and have the, the you know the Olympic Olympics every two years. So like, Or in other words, by yearly. So they may have, so starting in nineteen ninety four, they had like the Winter Olympics and then ninety six they had like the Summer Olympics. So you don't have to wait every four years. So I mean thinking that maybe yeah they just you're gonna have like the Olympics every two years rather than the four. Like have like the two the winter and the summer games all together. So back then they like I said because I mean um, S- Law and Order SVU was taking a break because there was having the Winter Olympics, so this is like the first episode after the Olympics. So it's March first. All right, so we're in the cold open right now. We're outside the school. It's snowing outside, and um, the, the detective Stabler and his wife Kathy, though they leave the school, and um, they were just that they had like a teacher parent teacher conference meeting and. Um, they were, talk- they were discussing about Kathleen's grades and stuff like that, though. So um, Stabler suggested that Kathleen needs to just, like, yeah, she doesn't even like the fact that uh, Kathleen is struggling at school, something like that. I mean, that's Elliot's um, daughter, by the way. So they have, like, a brief discussion after the meeting and stuff like that. And then we get to the Stabler's house, and, yo, Kathleen is on the phone talking to somebody, which leads us to, uh, who's that girl? So, who's that actress that's playing, um, Sabler's, uh, one of Sabler's daughters, Kathleen? Kathleen, yeah, who are you talking to? A friend. Get off the phone. Dad? Now. Now. Clayback. is isn't what you think. I was getting help on a math assignment. I got news for you. Things are going to change around here. No mall, no friends, no phone until further notice. It's not fair. Mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. That happens to be, uh, actress Allison Seco and. She, she right now starting with this episode she plays um kathleen stabler one of Stabler's daughters so it turns out that the other actress that who played uh kathleen stabler i mean uh, they probably i don't know what happened to her they probably must have replaced her or maybe she wasn't available i don't know what it is and stuff like that though but um however though um all right so however though okay so she plays um the, you know the new Allison Seco and then she rep- also reprises her role in the currently in the Law and Order spinoff called Law and Organized Crime. All right, so um, so she's playing um, she's playing Kathleen Stabler right now though, and you know, El- you know Elliot and um, C- Kathy come in, and Stabler tells um, Kathleen that she's grounded. No TV, no movies, no hanging out with friends, so forth. Though, she wants her to get her education stuff like that. Though, and Kathleen was like, "Life is not fair." And Stable was like, "Let me tell you something, baby. Everything is fair." I mean, so so anyway, anyway, um, you know, Kathleen goes upstairs to her room. I mean, she's grounded and shit like that. So and then, all of a sudden, you know that, cat um, Kathy tells Stabler that she was talking to. Uh, a friend who was a nurse at a hospital. And she tells him that um, a 14 year old girl came in, telling him that she was raped at school. And however, the girl, she's not willing to talk to the police and stuff like that though. So Saber wants to find out, so who the girl is. And then and Saban doesn't even like the idea that she didn't even report to the cops or anything like that. So you know, happened is that happened as a teenager, she has checked into the hospital saying she wasn't sexually assaulted though. And Stabler's want to find out who did it and stuff like that, and you know she tells him the girl wanted to talk, so she can't do anything. However, though, I mean, however, Stabler, you know, Kathy goes upstairs, and then Stabler had thought it, is thought had the thought in his head, though. I mean, thinking about that why the girl didn't come forward to the police and why she had to go to the hospital. But you know, you know, the next day, um, Stabler runs to the nurse at. Um, you know, you know Kat, who happened to be Kathy's friend, the nurse, the, you know, the nurse friend. And, and then Sabler asked the nurse for some information about um, the 14, 14, teenager who admitted herself to the hospital. But the nurse refuses to talk to Sabler and stuff like that. So anyway, then it goes to the opening credits right now. And um, we in, um, you anyway, know, we have the precinct right now. And, um, and Detective Best is just coming out of the elevator, drinking some coffee. And then Saber comes over to her to talk to her privately for a mo- moment. So Sabler goes to some secluded area in the hallway in the building. And Sabler tells Benson privately that, that about the 14-year-old girl and um, who admitted herself to the hospital so that she didn't reported a rape. But she not even want to talk to the cops. And Sabler suggested to Benson that the girl should come forward and stuff like that. And Olivia was like, that's too risky and stuff like that, though. So, and then all of a sudden though, know, she has a change of heart saying what hospital she's in. So we're inside the hospital and Benson asked for the hospital, you know, receptionist or the guy asked for the login sheet. She so want to find out who, what, which girl was admitted to the hospital or stuff like that though. So I don't know what Benson was doing. I mean, she just doing, she's doing a favor for Elliot and stuff like that though, because in Stable's mind, that the girl, she's going to be developing some psychological issues and depression and some, and you would say, I think it was um, bipolar and some mental issues. I don't know what it is, is it being traumatized and stuff like that. And she's going to end up being promiscuous and all that stuff, though, because Sabler is worried about that girl. I mean, not coming forward because she's, he's worried that he, she's going to be having some psychological problem while getting older, stuff like that, though. So, even though Bess is doing Sabler a favor, I mean, she's going, she's going to the hospital, taking a log and sheet, though. I mean, they haven't told Craig about this just yet, though. So, anyway, so Sabler goes to the hospital and gets the log and sheet to find out which, gir- which girl was admitted to the hospital. So, we at the girls' school right now, and um, Sabler and Bess is talking, Sabler is talking to the school's principal. And he asked her if a student was absent on the day when she was sexually assaulted, though. So, I mean, I know the principal is like he's going all he's getting all hard on his girl, stuff like that, though. So she has it, and then she has given a list of who was out that day and all that stuff, though. Okay, we're back in the precinct, and um, the teenager is identified as Cynthia Wilmot, right? And um, Sabler suggests to his partner Benson that they should cover themselves and stuff like that, though, all dealing with this case. Weber. A couple of minutes later, we're in Craigen's office though, so, and um, Craigen doesn't even like the idea about that though, because um, he doesn't even like the idea that you know that the, the girl came in to the hospital saying she was raped, but she didn't report to the police. So they they you know Craigen suggested that they're not supposed, they're not supposed to work on the case unless the woman comes forward. They just he suggested that they should leave that thing alone though. It's not their problem. So craigen wants stable to drop the case unless she's willing to come forward to the police and stuff like that though so that's all it is though and then craigen tells stabler don't go behind my back again and he threatens him saying that you're thinking you'll be in your in in your in your pocket comes out of your jacket whatever i don't know what it is though because their procedure is this that if the girl didn't report to the rape to police I mean, you just back off. That's their procedure. I mean, I mean, she told she got admitted to the hospital, but never came forward to the cops. So that's that's not their problem now. So they that like I said in in procedure is that the then they might as well leave the case alone unless the woman is unless the girls come forward to the police. We back off. That's the procedure. I mean, that's not their problem. All right. So we're back at the school right now, and um, Spencer and Stable are there talking to the principal again. And tell them about the that she's identified as Cynthia and that she was admitted to the hospital and stuff like that. And the principal knows that they still, they, 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 still getting hard on this girl's case and stuff like that, though. So, however, though, um, another school employee came in saying that the Cynthia is in the nurse's office with a stomach ache. So, she's at, so anyway, so anyway, the. The Benson Stabler goes see Cynthia, and they ask Cynthia who touched her, but Cynthia refuses to talk, and she was like, "Did my friend Amy told you? Remember she said she's lying, and she tells the detective to go away, something like that." Though, we're back at the priest, we're, we're back at the precinct right now in the squad room, and you know, Cat Kathy's there, and and she confronts Stabler, and telling him that she lost her friend Nurse because I mean, he went over to, Stabler went over to her about Cynthia stuff like that though. I mean, like another other words, she lost a friend on some kind of incident. I mean, um, and and I know Cappy doesn't even like the fact that Sable had to go and talk to her friend like that. Right now, Cappy just lost a friend. I mean, because because in cases is so confidential, stuff like that. Oh my goodness! I mean, what did you done, Elliot? You trying to be a dick or something, or what? Though. Meanwhile, you know, Sable gets word from. Um, Benson and Craig, turns out that uh, Sipmi has been mis- admitted to the hospital again after she after she was, fell, she, after she fell on the flight of stairs. Oh, Turns out that someone pushed her down the flight of stairs. Hmm. David didn't know about that, though. So, uh, anyway, so we are back at the um, hospital, we are back at the hospital, and then Sabler, it, and Benson and Stable are there, and, um, you know, uh, Cappy's friend, the nurse friend, you know, I mean, he confronts ben, Stab, ben, Elliot, and and, sh- and she asked him that he talked to Cynthia at the school and stuff like that, though. And Stabler was like, he, yeah, he was just trying to pursue a case and all that stuff, though. And the nurse tells um, the detectives that Cynthia has a sexually transmitted disease. Oh, my goodness. So, what we gotta do is, we have to. They, they so Benson Sable has to do is they have to talk to their parents about this. So, Benson Sable are talking to Scipia's parents, and um, and they tell him that she has uh STD and stuff like that. And then the farmer's pissed though. I mean, he didn't like that though. I mean, probably got raped by a boy right at the school. And um, Olivia wonders if Scipia. It went fabricated and ma- raped, and I don't know what it is, though. I don't know what it is like that, that. So after that, we we're re- were we back at the squad rooms. Besson wonders wonder is if, uh, nah, nah, I think it was after the, they talked to the parents. Detective Benson wonders if Cynthia fabricated a rape and stuff like that, though, because their the parents doesn't believe they maybe or she, she, she was raped or something like that, though. I don't know what it is, though. And how come she Cynthia wasn't talking to the cops? Who knows about that, though? All right, so, um, however, though, they mentioned that Cynthia had a friend named Amy. So, they decided to talk to Amy. So, we're at Amy's um, apartment, and then they speak to Amy's parents, and then they wanted to talk to Cynthia's uh, friend Amy about what happened with um, you know, with Cynthia, uh, who being sexually assaulted or something like that, though. So, I mean, Benson goes to talks to Amy in her bedroom. And, um, Amy also mentioned that, um, that Cynthia has a boyfriend named Tommy and, uh, and what they do, they, 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 Tommy throws a party where they do sexual favors in exchange for beer and stuff like that. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So Cynthia was involved in some kind of like a sex party. Shit. I mean, that she was in this um, club where they, do say trace sexual favors in exchange for beer and all stuff like that. Though I mean, I mean, if Tommy, I'm telling you, I mean, if Tommy forced ab's to have sex with somebody, I mean, I mean, I don't know is this Tommy. But we'll get to Tommy in this moment. We'll get to Tommy in a moment, though. So this like, the AD mentions that there's this club or this popular club, you know, I mean, that that yeah, get in where they. Where the girls have to exchange sexual favors for stuff like that, and she mentioned that Siphi is no hottie and stuff like that. So, oh my goodness, I'm saying, yo, that shit that that Sippy was involved in the in crowd and then um and they do sexual, they, 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 they do sexual favors. I remember years ago I was reading the Daily Daily News. They have a cover saying that the, these girls they be wearing special kinds of rings where they do like sexual favors or something like that. Though, I mean, it was like a click or something like that. I mean, that was like 20 years ago when this came out, because uh, I think it was based on a real life event though. But let me see, I'm gonna get more into that in a minute. So, so she also mentions that um, that that the Sylvia's boyfriend Tommy probably might be uh, pipping her out and stuff like that though. <laughs> Slip a baby, you know what I'm saying though. So um anyway, so we outside the high school and much and Finn looking for or looking for Tommy. And Finn says something like that, he only would like the damn kids and stuff like that, though. So they spot Tommy and he's hanging out with his friend Nick and stuff like that. You know, Nick the dark head dude, right? Though. And um next thing you know is that um I'm gonna tell you something about Tommy. I mean, he... He tells he t- he, he lets um Cynthia do whatever he says and stuff like that. And in other words, Tommy is a pimp, a white pimp. So next thing he you knows that much of Finn they grilling Tommy out something like that about, about um these little sexual parties and stuff like that. Listen. I didn't have money for proof. So Cynthia offered to try to get us. In. So you pimped. Her. No, she's my girlfriend. She likes to do me favors. Who else was she with that now? Nick? Because it was his birthday? There was this older guy, he tall, he had brown hair. I, I've seen him before, my sister Mia knows him. How old? Well, my grandpa looked like you, but old. 20, 30 or something, I don't know. And Cynthia went off with him in exchange for what? I want to say. You don't know want to smack you, right? It's mm-hmm. for some eggs. So <laughs> you know, I'm a spaggy, you know that <laughs> you're mocking ice tea now. Okay, so turns out that Cyfia hooked up with an older guy for sex and exchanged for some ecstasy. Oh my goodness. So we in the squad right now, and Craig says the line, swing parties for kids. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So <laughs> I mean, that's the title of this episode right now. So, um, all say the and wants to investigate Tommy and his friend Nick and all that stuff, though. So, next thing you know is that we in Tommy's apartment and bunch of Finn barged in and they confront Tommy. And Tommy has a sister there. So, they talk to the sister in the bedroom. And um, Tommy's sister tells him that um, about Cynthia. And she says she hooked up with a teacher by the name of Mr. McKenzie. I mean, not my father McKenzie from the Beatles song, um, um, what do you call it? Ele- Ele- Eleanor Rigby? All right, so, um, anyway, so, um, next thing you know is that we at the school right now, and then and they, they they talk to uh, Mr. McKenzie having a class and stuff like that, and they want to talk to him. So, so we're in interrogation room, and, um, you know, Mr. McKenzie tells the detectives that. He is a chaperone, you know, for the, for the kids and stuff like that though. And it turns out that the mom is like unstable or something like that. So, and then, and then, you know, he's just that, he's just like, um he just does that favor for the kids. He's like a chaperone. I mean, but turns out that Mr. McKenzie that has a drug hat does a drug problem because he probably got, got involved with a couple of ecstasy and stuff like that. I mean, you thirty year old man and you dealing with drugs and stuff like that, please, yo, come on, y'all. So we outside the interrogation room. Turns out that um, they just got the Craigan gets the word that um Scipia just got out of the hospital and stuff like that. So and Captain Craigan wants Stabler to talk to Scipia's parents while you know that well while the Libby has to deal with the um, the Scipia. So. We're in the parents' house, you know, and then Craig also tells Sabler, telling them how they do things over here. So, okay, we're so we're in the apartment, and then Sabler talks to the parents and how they do their jobs. Is that um what they do? Is that um Sab- and Sabler tells them that um, they can't investigate if Sippy didn't come forward and stuff like that, though, because she didn't report it to the cops. So, if Sippy didn't come forward, they're not allowed to investigate it. And Scipio's father was like, "Well, that's good news," and his wife was like, "What?" And, <laughs> and then the husband's declared that she got a gonorrhea from one of them boys and stuff like that. She was raped and got gonorrhea and stuff like that, though. So turns out that they, I mean, Scipio's father agrees with the procedure, saying that she didn't report she report the rape to the cops. They're not going to investigate it. I mean, that's their job and stuff like that, though. And then Cynthia's uh, uh, mother was like, I don't want to hear this shit. You know, she just gobs and just walks away. I mean, they just having a fight and stuff like that, though. I mean, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I mean, oh, my goodness. Meanwhile, you know, Benson is talking to Syphia, uh and they discuss about her being with the in crowd. And Benson tells Cynthia that you're, you're beautiful no matter what and stuff like that, though. And she also tells him, you know, I have to be scared or stuff like that. I And she wants to find out who raped her, who who, who raped her, or stuff like that, though. So as Benson leaves the room, Cynthia tells um, Detective Benson that it was Mr. Mackenzie, the teacher. Oh shit! We're back at the school right now, and Mr. Mackenzie is teaching the class. Munch and Finn come in and tell him to come with them because they wanted to. They, take, they, they use his DNA see, for, for a rape kit. And then another teacher comes in, and, and and you know, Mr. McKenzie defends himself, so late. I had nothing to do with this, this, fabrication, stuff like that. And McKenzie says that he's about to fire his ass and stuff like that, though. And Mr. McKenzie doesn't believe it, though. I mean, Mr. McKenzie's like, I want my lawyer. And then make, and then much like, make sure she's not even 14 years old, so... They take him out of the classroom and take him, tell him they had to go over to the station. They didn't, put the, they didn't put the cuffs on him just yet, though. I mean, they just want him to, oh my goodness, they just want him to go and take a rape kit test and stuff like that, though. All right, so we're in them, the interrogation room, and Mr. McKenzie, along with his lawyer, claims that he never touched her, and he blames one of the boys for it, though. So... And, and then, uh, and then next thing you know, so a few minutes later, though, Craigan tells the detectives that his DNA, this DNA came up negative on the rape thing. So, Mr. McKenzie has been cleared. But it turns out that um, Benson says that Cynthia lied about the rape because she mentioned some of them, and she and she even lied to the police also because she's saying it was Mr. Mackenzie to it did it, but turns out the Cynthia was lying her ass off and then it's time Chris Craig wants the two boys to be brought in with the parents a a s a s a p and and then they had to bring Sifia into it and stuff like that though so short time later so later on though we're in the interrogation room and then Nick is there with his mom and turns out that um Nick and then Nick and Sifia had Nick says that to him and Sifia was having a conversation after Tommy set her up with him and stuff like that. Well, I'm telling you that Tommy is a P I M P. All right, so I, I'm not gonna say about that though. They just have like a conversation and stuff like that, you know. I mean, because she, she was gonna service Nick and something like that. I mean, I mean, Tommy is like a pimp, man. I mean, does he really care about Sifia? I don't know what it is about that though. All right, so, um. Meanwhile, though, Craig brings Cynthia and her parents to his office. And uh Craigin, you know, goes goes after her for about lying to a police like that, though. And Sifia was like, Tommy loves me. I'll do anything for him and stuff like that, though. And Craig was like, You need to hear this. So he opens up the window and then he sees um Tommy there with his um father, much as Finn is there, and he grilling Tommy about it. And turn and Craig turns on the like the microphone so he can hear him talk and stuff like that though, and <laughs> um, Tommy being caricated. I mean, he it turns out that Tommy was pimping Sophia out. I mean, she tell him to service the guys and do the guys or, and wherever he please and stuff like that though. And um, oh my goodness, Tommy is a pimp. I mean, he Tommy picked her up saying that he have to service the guys and t- tell her to do whatever he says or stuff like that. And next thing you know, I'm telling you, Tommy is a pimp, man. Yo, he's a white pimp or, a, or a pimp in the making, something like that, though. I mean, Ice-T is there. I mean, she wouldn't have slapped Tommy like a bitch, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be a wannabe pimp and stuff like that. I would like to see that. I'm, like, I'm you know, don't baby smack you. Ow! Ah! Ow, that hurts, Ice-T. This nigga going kill me. Nah, anyway, I don't want to be like that, though. So, Stephanie starts crying, and... She, she thought she was in love with Tommy and stuff like that, though. And she also admitted that she was being with Nick, but she didn't want to, because I mean, she just, she just um doing doing it for Tommy because she because she thinks she loves him and stuff like that. Girl, Tommy doesn't give a damn about you, man. He a pimp, man. Does he really care about you? All right. Meanwhile, we're in another interrogation room, and man, Nick is there with his mom. And Nick claims that Tommy is a loser or something like that. Though I mean, I mean he and I mean he, I mean that's Sylvia's that's boyfriend and he's a loser or something like that. Though, and the next thing you know, they was they was having a conversation. Him and Sylvia were having a conversation, and then and then Sylvia decided to lay down, but she changed her mind. And Nick was like, Shh, "Girls are not supposed to be doing that, though." And Nick admitted that he had sex with Cynthia, and and until and her mom was disgusted, and afterwards, though so she, she, they agreed they will never talk about it. So next thing you know, the things that changed because one day, it, so he Nick found out that she gave him the clap, and and didn't even apologize to it. That pissed him off, and that one day, that day that he confronted Cynthia about the his, about the about the STD and. Um, and then all of a sudden, she tells him, she accuses him of rape, rape and that pissed him off. And, you know, I mean, and no way, I mean, he must have probably probably assaulted her or something like that, though. And, she, and he tells the detectives that Tommy's a loser. She can have him. And then Sable replies, so are you, Nick. You the loser. I mean, you had to hit the woman like that. So next thing you know is they decided to arrest him. Cynthia comes out with her parents. And she sees Nick being arrested and Sable is there right there. And Tommy comes out with his father and Much of Ben, And he's leaving the squad room avoiding eye, eye contact with Cynthia. Yo. <laughs> Turns out that Tommy they, that they, that they, was using her. I mean, Cynthia was not part of the in crowd because she's saying that she wasn't even that pretty and stuff like that. But, I mean, that was like a sign of, like, hurt. Some betrayal. I mean, Right, next thing you know, that they um, and you know Nick was the one that um, yeah, that that I think he one that pushed her about right down a flight of stairs and bruised her and all that stuff. And then, and then then he had consensual sex, but they agreed not to keep, talk about it, keep it to themselves. I mean, damn, that girl's oh I don't know what's girls messed up. I mean, Tommy never said simply I love her so. Goes to show you right there. Tommy doesn't give, give a shit about her, man. And just Nick just looking at Cynthia, he didn't smile. I mean, they just arrested him. So uh, it turns out that, I mean, um, she got involved with two losers, you know, Tommy, uh, damn Pim, and the other guy. Oh, man, that's crazy. And, and then they both of these boys be smoking cigarettes. I mean, they be getting you know, that, damn cancer and shit like that, though. But, hmm. Let's see, you know, so I mean, that's a, that was a good episode, you know. It's, I like it, so that's about it. Yeah, you know, I left out maybe a couple of notes, though. I mean, about these uh, teenagers, though. They throw some swinger parties, something like that. And, you know, we know the boys, though, Tommy and dude, I mean, Nick, right? They say that, the, no, no, I think it was... Um, excuse me, hold on, hold on. no, that, that was like, um, Cynthia's best friend, Amy, they said that they be having these little parties, sex parties, and all they do is that the girls give them oral, though, they don't go, nothing else, you know what I mean, she just said that they no intercourse, though, though, they don't use condoms, but it turns out that the girls would be, be you know, they'd be going down on the guys and stuff like that and nothing more, though, so that's what it is, though, yeah. so, Anyway, um, last week, before I got to go, last week, though, I stumbled, I was on YouTube and um, I stumbled upon this uh, Japanese TV series. So I want to ask you, do I, does any of you, y'all remember the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Well, um, over in Japan, they got this show called the Super Sentai. And um, it was like the original Japanese Power Rangers. I mean, that, that was a show. And when, when before these um, producers came in, and American uh, had that, that series, it, and it, it became power, mighty more from power rangers, and there's this series I checked out. It's called like Denji Man. It got a catchy theme song. Just check this out. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, you heard a theme song from this call, so um, Super Sentai, Denzy Man, something like that, though. So that was like um, the Japanese power range before there was even power ranges. So so what happened, and, you know, this Super Sentai series has been down in Japan since the 1970s, and it's still running today. And that theme song was catchy, man. I mean, I've been listening to that, uh, that like a dozen times last week. It sounds like early eighties synth pop kind of thing, though. So they say that the the then uh, Senzi Man was the best series that's the Super Sentai series they have to offer. So, however, you know, I mean, they were like the the, the Japan's original Power Rangers, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the producers they came in and they took the rights and they made it into uh, into the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and they they use and they then they used um, clips from the. Japanese series, and next you know, Power Rangers is like a worldwide phenomenon. It was successful back in the nineties, stuff like that, though. So when I see about these little these Japanese uh, Power Rangers episodes, I mean it's more brutal, and it's it's not suitable it's not suitable for kids and all that stuff. But they they have like a character dying, and i i'll be it's it's funny to me because i haven't seen it was it was crazy in other words it was just crazy and stuff like that though so and i used to watch power rangers back in the day i was a teenager but i'm not i'm not interested in power rangers no more even though my nieces and my nephews and nieces love the power rangers back in the days though but it's the 21st century at yeah, things have changed though anyway so anyway that'll be it for the day so um I'll be back next week with an all new episode and I want you to thank you for listening in and twisted a Lord or SVU podcast is produced by me only. And it's, it's produced by anchor FM. You could, you could hear us on anchor FM or, which is part of Spotify and our show, my show is on Spotify every Monday. So you can go catch and listen in though. Right. And, uh, I'll be that. I'll see I'll be listening here you you'll be hearing from me next week. So this is BD Rose. I'm out and you have a good week. Recording from my house.